hello everybody and welcome to the You Are Not Alone podcast. I am your host Jess Palmer and in today's episode we are joined with the lovely Grace Kripkowski. Grace is just simply a grounding, nurturing, lovely Scorpio human being who really opened up about her journey with anxiety, depression, attachment, working through periods of loneliness and yearning, and really gaining a true sense of self through self-discovery, embodying her pain, and connecting with the medicine that is of the earth. She is the founder of Land of Milk and Honey, and, and as in ND, Honey, which of course I'll have linked in the show notes. And this conversation was really soothing for me. I really resonated a lot with where Grace is coming from and her journey again from looking for things outside of herself to feel complete and whole to standing in her own sovereignty and really embodying her purpose as an herbalist, artist, and creator. I wanted to get on here too and just let you know that we do, as a trigger warning, uh, go over eating disorders a bit. So for anyone who is sensitive to eating disorders and those types of topics, just be mindful that we do go into them today. And yeah, I just really love and appreciate you guys and all the support you've shown me on the podcast. And I really hope you enjoy listening to today's conversation with Grace. I do also want to make note that our Wi-Fi connection was a little spotty, so at some points you may hear some hiccups or some lagging, and I do apologize, but just know that it is worth enduring any type of lagging and hiccups because this was seriously a very rooted, grounded, and healing conversation. So with that being said, enjoy the show. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to the You Are Not Alone podcast. I'm your host, Jess Palmer, and in this sacred space, we like to cultivate conscious community through conscious connections and conversations. And today, I have the lovely Grace Kripkowski, the founder of Land of Milk and Honey, Honey excuse me, uh, which is a project that she started four years ago and is blossoming into a small business where she serves as an herbalist, artist, educator, bringing forth the power of plant-based healing for all. Grace believes in radical doing and being as a form of personal agency in the world of holistic healing. Today, she will be speaking of how her own healing journey led her to herbalism. Hello, Grace, and welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you. Thanks, Jess. Thank you for really eloquently um, portraying my bio. I appreciate that. So (laughs) this is my first podcast, and I'm really excited to connect with you and um, and especially as a local human in our area Definitely. and kind of up and coming with um, herbal healing, holistic healing, um, more awareness around connecting with um, our humanistic roots. So uh, it's really a pleasure to be in your presence for this session. The feeling is mutual Scorpio sister. I'm so glad that we chatted about that before we started because now it just feels so much more intimate and I love the space that Scorpio women can create. So I'm 
It's really an honor. And for those who don't know you, could you give us some insight into your life and your mental health journey and how it's brought you here to the world of herbalism and wellness? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, growing up, um, I had always considered myself to be a little different. And I, I feel like I always tried to fit in just because I had, I feel like I had one foot in the ethereal world and uh, one foot, not even fully. Oh, I resonate uh, with that. Yeah. And uh, the society that I was sort of forced to be into. Um, so uh, a lot of my development occurred, I'd say, when I went to college in the last couple of years of high school, I sort of started to see myself more individually. I started to make these connections between myself and these other sort of uh, forms of healing um, and forms of just connection with the outside world that I hadn't experienced before. And a lot of that was, um, I remember taking a media literacy course in high school and learning about how women's portrayal in the media was so skewed and how that led, how that is one of the number one leads in mental illness for women and men alike and other, you know, humans. And growing up, was getting those media messages and I was um, someone such as myself who uh, had been diagnosed with depression and anxiety um, in my early teens. Uh, I feel like I needed to find a, a way to control this depression and anxiety. And through that was um, my sense of physical appearance. And so I ended up developing an eating disorder, um, which was also in conjunction with um, things that were occurring in my family um, and things that were also genetically there. So if it wasn't for the support of my mom and the support of uh, my sister and uh, the small group of friends that I did have at the time, I don't think I would have gotten out of it. And the support of a really great cognitive behavioral therapist, which is what I needed at the time, I wouldn't have gotten out of that hole. And I think eating disorders in general uh, stem from environmental factors and the part of the environmental fidges as to who we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to act, um, what we're supposed to look like, what we're supposed to wear. And there's so many, there's so many factors to Yes, the illness, and um, so I think that that sort of time of my life really set the set the framework for where I am now in such a beautiful way. Kind of crawling out of that really hard time of my life, having that support system gave me the wings to find my own tools for self-healing. And a lot of those tools began to be arts-based and um, 
were more became led to more alternative forms as I went into college and um, more holistic forms of uh, discovering who I was and making connections with the people and my community when I mm. uh, moved up to Vermont for college and how that completely shifted and changed who I was and built upon my sense of self. I, I think in, in high school, I always felt like something was missing. Um, and, you know, when you're in high school, you don't really have that autonomy yet. Right. You kind of gain that autonomy once you, you know, either go to college or you move out of your parents' house or you travel. Right, or, right. Uh, what have you. Um, so it was that exit um that and then then the step into uh, being in a beautiful place I think it's funny I had a choice between going to a school in Connecticut or going to school in Vermont and I thought I wanted to do something completely different at the time I wanted mm -hmm. to get into journalism I wanted to I wanted to be a traveling journalist which I guess isn't yeah. so different from what I want now but You're right um and yeah and i was like there's something calling me to vermont there's something calling me to mountains mm, and i love vermont and so i guess that was the first step of the journey into using nature as a form of healing if that makes sense Definitely. um and I, I ended up getting a bachelor's degree in psychology and I was just so interested in the mind and hence I think why I'm here right now um, working with plants and people and constantly just learning and growing in that in that field after college I knew I wanted to do something big. I wanted to do something for myself. And I had done a lot of, um, a lot of exploration uh, with different friend groups and, you know, just meeting all these different people and how all these different people inspired me. And at the time, I, I think I still struggled with, I, with my anxiety and depression and I wasn't on top of it like I am now. Um, and I had so many people in my life that filled me in so many ways. And um, I'm eternally grateful for all of them. Shout out to all the folks that I met in college and all the folks that have stuck by me uh, through high school and college. I, I, I truly love all of you and all that you've given me and all of the ways you've supported me and those people become a part of you and they help yes. you grow. And I yes. think, and I think after college, I went through a deep depressive period, felt so separate from those with a good friend. Um, and we, and I was, this was like, so you think you can prepare for that first move um, out of your comfort zone. You think you know what to expect, but it was that journey 
um, where I lived in uh, central Oregon, that whole, even from the moment I got in my car with all my stuff to the moment that, um, we landed in Bend where I lived for about five months. Uh, that was the step into, okay, there's something about the earth that is speaking to me. There's mm-hmm. something about change and there's something about this extreme growth that I'm going through right now. Um, it was like all the ideas I had of myself and all the ideas I had of my, you know, relationships making me who I was and my community making me who I was. Um, all those like images sort of started to dismantle in a way. It was like I was left with the raw grace. Right. And, and this was the first time I had been separated from like a community and from family. Mm. Um, it was so hard, but it was also so enriching. And, and I was in it. And that's when I think I connected with my earth sign and my sense of uh, place on this planet. Right. Um, that sense of self. And I went through a lot of, yeah and i went through a lot of existential anxiety um a lot of periods of depression during that um time that i was out west and i think i was really i moved from oregon to washington in the fall of that year and I was just, you know, searching for the same exact community that I would have gotten when I was in college. And I I think the realization, the grief that comes with, oh, wow, that was just a time of my life and I can't get that back. Uh, Yes. The attachments that we, that we form. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And I think that sort of attachment, that grief is so real and, and, is so kind of bone shaking. Yes. That I can relate back to um, when I was a almost a teenager and my parents went through a divorce and kind of seeing that dismantling of a family and how that led, I think, you know, essentially to the struggles that sort of grief, that, that, uh, that change for someone who's susceptible environmentally and genetically to anxiety and depression, it has such, uh, such hard, hard effects, hard emotions to work through. Um, so back when I, you know, being in the place of like this beautiful part of the country, essentially by myself. I mean, you know, things shifted and changed. And I hadn't, when I had moved to Washington, I I was alone and I, I made, you know, some good felt that aloneness. I felt that deep kind of existential separation. Yes. And and working through that, I think, kind of 
made me really tough and led me to do all the things that I have done, including starting this small herbal business and um, having the confidence to move forward with that, having the confidence to um, continue my journey on the West Coast during that time of my life and um, really kind of all culminated. Um, it's the bad times, the existential moments that that I've experienced are what made me who I am today Amen. as hard as they were to be the time. Yeah. Which absolutely. is the irony of being alive. <laughs> That's the um, whole point, you know, is to be human yeah. and to li- live these experiences and to grow from them as painful as they are sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the feelings of um, the moments where we are connected with others and we feel that deep love and connection. And then I, for such a long time, and you mentioned attachment and I was so attached, my sense of self and my sense of, I guess, self-worth and, um, loving myself was so based off of my community and I hadn't had time to do the individual kind of autonomous work. Mm, And yeah. And I threw myself into it when I did that first big journey and I've been on many since then. And each one brings about kind of resurfaces that can has a tendency to resurface that feeling of existential anxiety and depression, yes, but yes, it seems to grow and develop and feel less scary. Mm-hmm. So that's why I I continue to travel and have different experiences, and um, I've become so much more independent coming into herbalism and coming into connection with the natural world and landscape was during that time in 2015 and into 2016. And I, um, I, rem- I know the exact moment was when I was hiking um, out in the desert on Smith Rock in Oregon. And I picked up this sage bush and I, or I took a little uh, leaf from a sage bush and I was with a friend and I smelled it and I was like, huh, this is here for a reason. And I know this can help me. Mm. And I remember create from this and always being an artist and a creator since I can remember, I knew there was something I needed to do. I knew that there were, there was more that I needed to to Washington. I moved in with a group of people who had all these books on herbalism. And I, before I had started working, um, I would sit and take notes and had just like this general interest, which then blossomed into me being like, okay, like I want to go out and identify plants and I want to get to know the plant world. And from there, 
everything culminated into land of milk and honey herbals and medicinals and yes. um, the zine collection that yes and, I love the zines uh, so neat and i got to combine um art and this form of healing that was a little was was new to me but yet felt so ancient something right. it was like the uh a piece of the genetic code that the environment was like here now you can go forth and <laughs> on your journey and in yes. order to get there, you needed to go through hell and and back and i love that yeah yes that's the journey of the scorpio though like for real you know the scorpio is the death card in tarot you know we as the sign we go through many deaths and rebirths and a lot of scorpios yeah. just feel things so intensely and they feel the experience so intensely so it's been very um i don't know like reaffirming for my own experience like hearing you talk about just how resistant the waters were for you at times and the loneliness and standing more in your sovereignty like i very much resonate with that story and you know, it's empowering, it's terrifying, but when you sit with that yearning and that longing to belong and that desire to have that sense of self and you persevere through those moments and come out the other side of with this newfound sense of self and purpose, it's so empowering. And that's just kind of what I'm getting from your story, which is really nice. So that makes me wonder then if you can maybe remember a time during those more resistant phases in your life where you were out there on your own and you caught yourself in a moment of like, fuck, like I'm here, I'm alone. There's really nothing that's going to change about that right now. What were some things or tools or even herbs or practices at the time that helped you kind of find that sense of self and home where you were? I had this, this yearning to go and uh, move back to Vermont after a year of being out west and so i thought that because in that moment of like repressed i don't have my support system and i'm yearning to go back to the way things were which was which doesn't happen in in reality but i thought i could make it happen so i i ended up moving back to vermont and i lived there for another two years and and uh, when the winter that I moved back, I got very, very depressed. I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't um, taking advantage of herbalism in the way that I uh, felt um, I really needed to. Um, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't reaching out, and I wasn't paying attention to what I needed. Mm. and um i started experiencing a lot of physical symptoms of anxiety in the body mm. um i would wake up at night and feel my body tremoring and that led to a lot of fear i was like what's going on is there something literally physical happening for me that's scary and I, it is scary it's really scary and um I was more, I feel like I was more existentially isolated being back in Vermont in a closer proximity to friends and that kind of college community. I felt farther away from, 
from that feeling than I did when I lived on the West Coast right mm. after college. And a lot of that was that little death of like, I'm not going to get this back. Right. And I was living on my own. I had like a one bedroom apartment, which wasn't healthy for me at the time. And I was uh, doing a lot of partying and um, really reaching for external feelings of oneness and wholeness that weren't there and reaching for people that couldn't give me what I expected them to give me. So um, I started, I was seeing a therapist and um, it's actually the same therapist that I see right now. And I'm, oh my gosh, I, I, she changed my life. Um, She introduced me to internal family systems therapy, which is the way of um, looking at your emotional self and just your sense of who you are in general um, in form in the form of parts and how these parts talk and communicate with each other and how the feelings that we experience in the body are parts that really need attention. And she essentially taught me that when I feel, I'm feeling these things, she would say, let's just let them be and experience them to their fullest potential. Amen. And then from there, they will subside. And it was hard for me to just listen to her. It's so true, though. And it was hard for me to really li- listen and reach out and have a mm-hmm. healthy, healthy communication with anybody who was there for me at the time, just because I was so resistant. Right. Um, but yeah, and then from there, I was like, whoa, these physical, I'm not having these physical symptoms anymore. I'm not having these panic attacks because I am able to separate myself from them and talk to them and use my true self to give them compassion and love and, and embody them. them. And the whole thing, yeah. and embody them, yeah. Um, so yeah, using, using the internal family systems therapy was what I needed to Mm. get a groundwork, um, or get a platform, I should say, working with herbalism and working with the plants and finding the space and the patience for the plants during a time where I was going through so much turmoil and, and granted it was winter. It made it hard, but then that following summer, I due to all the work that I was doing um, with my therapist and uh, um, reconnecting with my community in a new way with friends in a new way um, where I didn't feel so attached to these feelings of grief of old times. Um, it's when I it kind of, that kind of uh, I began to become awakened in this new mm. um, I want to be what I want for myself. Right. I want to fully embody herbalism. I want to the world. This isn't something that I want to just keep as a hobby. And I, yeah. I was working as a kindergarten teacher and 
Um, I think, uh, you know, I wasn't able to like fully jump into um, doing the small business thing at the moment, but um, I began doing a lot of the doodling for the zines and writing these descriptions about the plants that I had been uh, working with um, periodically through this period, through that time. Um, so that was helpful, and, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Having that project. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Having the project and using this model, this idea I had in my head um, to kind of ground me yes. and who I was. That purpose, even if it was like you working on it from time to time or whatever, I've personally found that when I'm in a more resistant wave that even plugging away at my projects or creative art projects, work projects, whatever, it just gives me that sense of grounding and purpose. So I really like to witness that and and people who struggle with mental health, you know, they still show up. They're still showing up for their mental projects. It still gives them that sense of hope and purpose. So I just witnessed that with right. your story. Yeah. Yeah. Showing up to be able to put myself, give my all to this project um, was so important for me. And it was, it gave me a, um, a mode of, this is the land of milk and honey. This is the land of like overlooked abundance. That's yes. like, and that's uh, one of the main quotes that I use on my website and in zine. We have a tendency to forget about the healing modalities, the plants, the, you know, the card, tarot cards, or astrology or whatever thing that grounds you holistically um sometimes we forget about that when we're so wrapped up and yes. trying to control have control and so wrapped up in our attachments we forget about um the Those holistic things. healing modalities just sad. You know, you would think that those would be our things that we reach for first because they bring us our true peace and like our true sense of purpose. But it's like instead we continue to feed into that mind trap of like false control and false identity. Right, exactly. And found for such a long time, I um, continuously was... I think searching for external senses of self in other people in, or in places. Right. I thought if I move here or if I um, attach myself to this person, then I will be whole. Like right. this um, community or this town or city or state or landscape will make me whole. And recently I've discovered that that's not it at all. It's the radical letting go and the radical, um, the radical embodying of mm. who we really are and fulfilling our sense of purpose and yes. passion is what's going to heal us and what's going to 
ground us and allow us to grow. It's absolutely. I think that um, strange attachments that I had, and not that they're strange, but they're, you know, they're, they're, I think attachments, a lot of us tend to have, whether that even be towards a substance and, or um, a negative relationship, whatever it is for you that you're experiencing, that's giving you distress. It's, it's almost, whether it's the place that you live, that's what's drawing you away from who you really are. Yes. And I've come to realize that the letting go of those attachments is what has led me to my successes. Mm. Irony that we face in ourselves and even in society um, that can lead us to being anxious and confused, I think. I agree. And it takes away that sense of self and that self-awareness. And since being on this journey, since being on this journey of coming home and, you know, being more aware of yourself, how has your self-awareness expanded? I would say that through the use of herbs and through going forth on my herbal education and and that all that all started. I did my first internship a couple of years ago, back in September, uh, back uh, May 2018 through October 2018. Um, was an awakening to my awareness that pursuing a career, pursuing a uh, a business or a passion of personal agency through the work through working with plants was going to be one of the only ways that I could live my life. I I, I became aware that I didn't want to work a job full time that wasn't something I was completely passionate about. Became aware that I deserved and environments that were going to nourish me. And I mm. also became aware of the toxic attachments I had to places and to people. And um, this time of focusing on um, my journey with the plants and working and with um, my herbal teacher at the time, Kenzie Kalik, of Wild Faith Herb Farm in Vermont really opened my eyes to my path and um, other awarenesses, other things I just wasn't aware of at the time of my attachments to, like I said, negative influences in my life. Right. And that the spiritual aspect of that internship and the um, working with the land really opened my eyes to that. Mm. Um, those self and also opened me up to my potential. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I feel like self-awareness is such a blessing and a curse, right? It's like, we're aware of so much and it's hard. You can't be ignorant. And sometimes in some ways, ignorance is bliss, but at the same right. time, self-awareness is such a gift because it really can empower us when we, you know, focus on that which is serving us and not 
that which is not. And I think as you explain in your journey of self-awareness mm-hmm. and coming home, it's like, what does serve me? You know, where is my energy going to, you know, what thought patterns or self-limiting beliefs or anxiety loops that I learned from my family and ancestral karma and all that playing into it. Like, I don't know. I really truly feel that awareness is looking at all of those attachments and really sitting with them. And it can be a hard process too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's uh, yeah. Looking at that summer where I had just gotten out of a bad relationship and I was realizing that Vermont wasn't giving me what I needed anymore. And I, I, I wanted more adventure. I wanted more independence. I wanted to stay though, to complete this internship and to uh, further my um, journey in and becoming a better herbalist and becoming a, you know, embodying who I know I was meant to be or who I know I'm, yeah, still meant to be. I'm yeah. still working toward um, constantly evolving. We're constantly evolving yes. as humans. And, the ever unfolding. Um, yeah, we're always unfolding who we are yes. and we let go of different pieces of ourselves and then build upon those build upon ourselves. And sometimes we take those pieces back and we're like, huh, that was actually beneficial at the time. And I think I could go back to doing another, whether it be another form of healing or therapy or what have you. Um, But it can be really hard, I think, to, yeah, let go of those attachments and even though on the outside it could seem like everything is in place on the inside, we're still kind of grieving the negativity that we we had to let go of. Mm -hmm. Um, But every day putting my hands in the dirt and being with such a powerful group of people at wild faith herb farm, really instilled a sense of self and strength yeah. that I didn't know I had. And then at the end of that internship or maybe even in the middle of the internship, I was like, yeah, like I'm going to go to herbalism school and I'm going to learn everything I can. And I'm going to be an herbalist. And I had this idea without going to herbalism school, which is a complete, which kind of leads into a different uh, chapter of my life. Um, I had left Vermont after that summer and had these plans to go traveling and um, kind of further my experiences and connecting with the other side of the world. I went to New Zealand and Southeast Asia in the uh, winter of, uh, 2019 and that was also made me discover that I still had that existential aloneness within me that I needed to do more healing work on and when I had come back from that trip I 
I think like there was something that I wasn't able to fully reflect on the trip. It was like I had to rush into doing something else right after that. And so I moved, I moved to California and I lived in California from spring until summer of 2019. And I, I had these plans to go to herbalism school out there and I had gotten into the program and I had that realization like this being in a place and putting all this money towards something that is such a physical thing, such an external thing where that I could do myself, I could invest more in myself and um, believing that being in this place and doing this external thing was going to change me or make me an herbalist um, just wasn't the truth. And that false identity. um, Yeah. Yeah. Just that false identity, that false sense of self, that false thinking that I need to be in this place far away from my support in order to. um, Such a Scorpio thing too, by the way, which I'm not hating because I do it too. (laughs) No, I hear you. I hear you. I so essentially looking back on all the like the moves that I've made and experiences I've had, which have all just been amazing and have instilled so much growth in myself, have also just led me back to my roots. Yeah, just here in Massachusetts, I I feel like I've been able to create a container where I can invest in myself and uh, be like, no, you know what? I am an herbalist and I can create wherever I am, however I want. Yes. And still continue to learn from um, elders. I've been doing an apprentice program um, through the Boston School of Herbal Studies and that's been wonderful. And I've been able to connect with other holistic healers such as yourself and, and, just make those community connections, which is, I think, most important. And investing yes. in yourself, of investing in a place or this idea of like an education that I, you know, which I think serves so many people, but there was something that just didn't feel right about it. It just didn't feel right, right. to be so far away anymore. I was tired of running away and so grounded where I'm at. And, but still able to grow and I'm really just soaking all of that in in this and moment that's and that's all you can do um, with land of milk and honey. yeah yeah that, that is all you can do just exactly. soak in the experience yeah so what's going on for you with land of milk and honey what's some upcoming projects or interesting tidbits you're working on that you'd like to share yeah so I um I've been doing local, I'm doing local workshops. I'm doing a fire cider workshop that's all outdoors uh, through Nourishing the North Shore, which is a uh, nonprofit organization that works towards um, supplying organic foods to people in need while also um, promoting other uh, community farmers and supporting folks like myself who want to just bring forth the power of plants and food and um, 
food sovereignty to the local people on the North Shore. So October 3rd, I'm hoping to also do another Firestarter slash elderberry syrup workshop um, where I can give folks enough to learn about immune boosting wellness, especially during the time of COVID. Um, And people have been really responsive. I recently held an herb walk at the garden um, where I, the community garden. Yeah. That's uh, through nourishing the North shore. And it was just such a blessing to connect with all the folks in the community who are interested in herbalism and interested in um, taking back their health and taking, taking health into their own hands. Just so, so empowering. Um, really empowering. Um, I continuously tra- make herbal remedies and elixirs here at my home. And I have those for sale up on my uh, Big Cartel page. And I am going to hopefully be doing some online courses for the winter as we that can all meet. wonderful. Yeah, people are really responsive to the workshops and classes and just want to learn. Um, I feel like I do a lot of talking and that seems to be, uh, that seems to, the education aspect was not something I considered, but it's something that I'm looking into more, being an herbal educator and uh, being a guide. Um I also like to work with people one-on-one. So I offer 15-minute free sessions via Zoom or phone call if someone's interested in learning more about how plants or herbal remedies can be incorporated into their wellness routines. Um, That's something that I really want to get the ball rolling on more too. Um, I like to work mostly with emotional well-being um, a lot of the tinctures and uh, the, and other uh, medicines that I make target the emotional body. Mm. I grow all of the herbs that I use in my tinctures out in my backyard. So everything's sourced organically and locally from, and I it's know this. still in my heart. I just yeah. love that. Yeah. And I like to, I also do... Um, body products such as salves and sugar scrubs and I'm, I'm constantly evolving my product line um but I just yeah. love it my heart feels so full talking to you about like your journey and your working with mama medicine of the earth you know like yeah. I don't know this is such a beautiful conversation and so I'm sure listeners and myself included are curious if you wouldn't mind sharing perhaps some herbs that you personally would you know recommend for anyone who struggles with you know the symptoms of anxiety depression and so on absolutely so my number one ally is tulsi uh holy basil um and there's many different types of tulsi those are different types of tulsi um but i like to work with kapoor tulsi kapoor and um, you can find uh, Tulsi uh, growing in a cultivated garden. Um, 
and it's not a uh, wild plant here. It's actually a holy plant in India. It's actually a plant that is grown around temples um, wow. to protect and um, yeah, and it's just absolutely, I was introduced to it by Deb Soul, who's an herbalist in Maine, and uh, she really spoke to me. So I started working with Tulsi, and Tulsi basil works as an adaptogen as well. So it actually um, transforms the way our body responds to stress over time. So taking Tulsi every day, either in a tincture form or in a capsule um, can really, really benefit folks who suffer from anxiety and depression, especially those who have really heady anxiety, tend to overthink, tend to have some self-deprecating thoughts. Um, I really love Tulsi for that. And just folks who are over, overall struggling with stress and mm. struggling with letting go the spiritual side of existence. Tulsi, um, if you grow, if you grow the plant in your backyard, the aroma just is the first thing that you notice. The first mm. um, that kind of comes into play. And um, then just the experience of being with it, it's, it's like it kind of hones you in. Um, mm. So I really recommend People work with plants. They just don't buy the tinctures, but they also uh, make an effort to connect with it in person, whether that means growing your own herbs at home. Um, but Tulsi is definitely one that is a being that I think folks, um, I make a Tulsi glycerite, which is uh, glycerites are um, tinctures that are made with vegetable glycerin as opposed to alcohol. There is a content of uh, alcohol that isn't a glycerin, um, but it's super low and it doesn't have uh, any staggering effects on folks who just don't like the taste of alcohol tinctures. Those who absolutely cannot have alcohol at all, if they have like an immune compromising condition, um, I suggest using either apple cider vinegar or tea, but Glycerites are really soothing. They're so sweet. And any sort of sweet taste is going to be really helpful for those who are experiencing um, emotional distress or um, any sort of uh, windy anxiety or depression. Motherwort is another great plant for soothing the heart, helping with grief, helping with attachment. Um, it actually helps the heart health in, in a physical form. Uh, rose is another beautiful herb that ensues feelings of self-love. And um, I really love lemon balm for sleep, for thyroid support, uh, also helps with the digestive tract. Uh, those are, am I forgetting one? Rose, motherwort, Tulsi, lemon balm. Those are four uh, tinctures mm. that I right now um, that I have for sale and um, I'll be putting those on my shop soon so folks can take a look and yes. something that they want to try for themselves um, but um, those herbs are 
all super safe and have mm. very, um, very few uh, contraindications and can be used in Good combination with medications to, um, yeah. And that's all the, all the this conversations yeah. exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate the love and support and you hearing my story. Um, totally. Yeah. And I think that herbal skin care is becoming more popular too. And I really like um, being able to share uh, this knowledge in any form I can, especially when I can just talk about it with you on this podcast and being able to talk with people in person uh, like at the herbal events that I can host. Yeah. Um, it's just super special. So yeah. Conscious yeah. community and conscious conversations Absolutely. are really powerful. They're really powerful. And I feel yeah. like each conversation I have on the podcast, it's, it's all with the intention of coming home to ourselves. So what does coming home mean to you, to yourself? I think this whole conversation that we've had has been uh, eye-opening to myself and to the world of mental health and just self-awareness. Um, self-awareness in itself is is coming home um Amen. being surrounded by you know maybe it's like a handful of important people in your life that's coming home and nourishing your passions and making space for that um on a daily basis whether it's for five minutes or five hours that's that's an ability to to see yourself in your own mind as the being that you want to be, um, yes. embodying you and listening to what you need in the moment. That's, that's coming home. Um, mm. and I think that connection with nature, um, nature has taught me so much and has, I think also blatantly put things in my face of like, you need to, you need to face this. Um, right. Facing, facing trauma with the support of plants, the support of um, your your tribe, and the support of a really good therapist. Um, also a form of coming into yourself and um, fully awakening. Being able to lean on others while also leaning on yourself in the most balanced way you can. Yes, yes. Mm. Knowing yeah. when to ask for help. Yeah, it's very hard. It's hard. Yeah, absolutely. It is really hard. And I think, I think also um, when you build upon different ways of communication within yourself or you find different forms, better forms of communication about asking with regard to asking for help. Uh, right. I think that's a really amazing landmark um, for coming home and 
recognizing that you can communicate your needs in a way that other people can hear you, um, mm. which I know can be really hard. Definitely. Where do you find community and support now with where you're at? Yeah, um, I'm lucky that I live close to my mom and I find community and support with uh, being close to the few best friends that I have had since high school and with just a really loving group of folks that have been responsive to the events that I'm holding in the area and also doing um, just connecting with local businesses too and folks other herbalists um, from the past or new connections that I've made just holding those and um, finding support and community and those people and working with them as well is, um, is just super grounding. And I think also allows me to grow as a, right. uh, entrepreneur. Where can others connect with you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, um, uh, the milk and honey herbalism, um, land uh, and with an nd <laughs> and uh you can also find me on facebook i have a website it's a wix site uh hopefully you can find a way to link it to um hopefully people can find me and find my website on instagram and then facebook and yeah and i'll link it all yeah, in the show notes too all. so people can connect yeah. yes yeah but thank you so much for sharing your story and for coming on the show today and just sharing this space with me it was really um grounding for me just to listen to you and how far you've come and just those periods of trying to detach from things that you were really holding on to and finding that autonomy and finding that personal power and freedom through meeting yourself with what was coming up and really embodying it and using herbs to kind of bring you back home. So really thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Yeah, you're welcome. And thanks for having me and uh, yeah, being a container for my first podcast. I did very little uh, prep for this. So that's okay. Spill out as a normal conversation. I definitely felt <laughs> I that. I was like, our conversation's going to roll. Exactly. Yeah. But thank gonna, you again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. To be vulnerable. So I appreciate you for holding space for people such as I and, and anyone who wants to communicate these types of journeys. It was really a pleasure. And for anyone who would like to be on the podcast and share your story, I do have a podcast application on my website if you go to halfmoon-healings.com. And thank you guys so much for listening today and hanging out with Grace and I. If you want to join the You Are Not Alone Facebook community, it is a free Facebook community that I will have linked in the show notes where we come in community and we just talk about what's going on with our mental health and our current wellness and what things are working for us and what things aren't working for us and really leaning into each other for support during tough times. So you're more than welcome to join that community. I will leave that linked again in the show notes. And if you want to connect with me and see about working in a one-on-one container with me, 
You can find me on Instagram at Half Moon Healings. Thanks, guys.